Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking Get so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. Without Sparky, I'm Toby Altizer in for him today alongside Adam Roberts. And we are live from the Lakeland University studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Brewers game going on down at American Family Field. 0-0 in the bottom of the third inning so far. Corbin Burns looks sharp going up against the Cubs here in the finale of that series against the Cubs. I'll keep you updated on all things going on there. Looks like but, they have Mark Ananasio mic'd up. Yeah, Mark is talking with the broadcast. That's interesting. So it'll be interesting Might to see that. what he has to say. But I want to talk about some of the different things going on around sports. Got some interesting things to talk about. I'll start with this because I'll just get it out of the way because I don't know that... That many people are fans of it, but Wimbledon is going on. Adam, you seem yeah. like someone that would be into some obscure sports. You into tennis? <laughs> I'm going to ask you off the air what you mean by that. <laughs> I'm like the little clip on Twitter. What do you mean by that? Do you like Do you like tennis though? Uh, hmm. Well, my experience with tennis was my sister used to play tennis because we were workshopping different sports for her sure. back in the day. Uh, she tried rugby. She tried a little soccer, nothing really stuck, and tennis was one of those as well. And one of the things that I've always struggled with tennis, it's not the sport itself. I recognize that it is a highly athletic sport that I could never do. Following a ball at 120-plus miles an hour off the racket is something I'll never be able to comprehend. But something I don't understand 
Maybe you can enlighten me on this. How come when they score their um, it's uh, their games, sure, the game set match, you know, yeah. How come they do fifteen, thirty, forty, <laughs> and then you get the game point? I have no idea. Maybe someone else could give us that four one four seven nine nine twelve. Somebody do. I mean, now I'm I the producer. I could look it up. I don't fully understand why. I just enjoy watching it, and there was an epic match that just wrapped up about 15 minutes ago for the quarters at Wimbledon between Rafael Nadal and Taylor Fritz of the United States. Five-set tie break, and Rafa came back from being down two sets to one. He lost, dropped the first set as well. Amazing match. Wimbledon has had some really good ones. Nick Kyrgios is into the semis. He's going to take on Rafael Nadal. The uh, Novak Djokovic is still in it. It's been an interesting one to watch. Simona Halep is back on the grass, and she's playing well. She's into the semis for the women. It's an interesting thing to watch. I love watching Grand Slam tennis. I don't. I can't like sit down and watch a whole match because three hours watching the same dudes go at it or the same girls go at it. It's a little bit difficult for me. But you give me a, a tight, intense. Well played tennis match, and you give me say watch the last two sets. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Okay, so I did my research, and here's what I found about how they why they score the way they do. And as you can imagine, Toby, it's very obscure. So apparently, the scoring system used to be fifteen thirty forty five, which makes more sense. You know, you think about the increments of a clock or something sure. like that. Quarters. So that makes more sense. But sometime around, it looks like the 1500s, a mistranslation, because tennis was started in France, a mistranslation between French and English got 45 mixed up with 40, it looks like. And so they just kind of from then on went with 40 instead of 45. Hmm. So there was a a lapse in grammar. I'd say that's interesting, but I don't know that it actually is. (laughs) That's the quote of the day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, tennis is the only place that I think I can find love. <laughs> 30 I don't love have a drop is the only way, up. <laughs> is the only way I can find love. All right. That was good. That was good. That'll wrap it up for some Wimbledon talk. Yeah, very, very engaging stuff. And apologies to tennis fans out there. I, I know that Wimbledon is a big event. My mom loves watching Wimbledon. I love watching We've Wimbledon. got it on the TV back here every single day. Yeah, because of me. Yes. I was watching Rafael Nadal earlier. That was an incredible match. You Mm -hmm. missed the end of it. It was incredible. If you want to watch it, he's going to take on Nick Kyrgios in the semifinal. That should be very interesting, assuming Nick Kyrgios doesn't lose his mind. All right. Here's something interesting. I do like doubles. Okay. I do like the idea of doubles in tennis, and specifically um, like mixed gender doubles. Yeah, That's very fascinating. I saw Venus Williams when she was playing in her Mm -hmm. doubles match the other day. I like the concept of putting a a male and female together, and it's so crazy because a tennis court, really, when you think about it, it's not very big. And when you put four people in a tennis court, it's fast-paced, and you got to be ready. And it's what I always love watching about tennis, when you get those little side shots that get the English on the ball just over the lip of Mm -hmm. the net, just like in ping pong, when you can just slide it right over you feel a little better about Speaking yourself. Speaking of ping pong, you seem like someone that would be into pickleball. Okay. I'm not really, but go on. If you don't get what I'm saying, I'm just calling you old. 
Okay, you know what? Can I can I just please? This is something has been happening these last couple of days. I saw this you, week, I saw you tweet at Grant Bills this morning over looking draft for mockery, some help. Looking for help, and Grant said you took horseshoes with your first pick in draft mockery for lawn games. How old are you, Adam? You know what? Grant and I were on great terms. I hung out with him in lacrosse the last time I was there. He gave me a rush poster, and then he calls me old because I think he's buddy buddy with Bart. And he wants to get in his good favors. <laughs> I get it. We're all trying to get a leg up in the business. I know how this game works. Thankfully, my friend Joey came to my defense and explained what Slam Can is to Bart, which, if you didn't know, is a great game to play. I played that on the 4th of July or Ex- 2nd of July. Thank you. We, so someone else knows what it is. Yeah, it's fun. Yes. It's fun. But, uh, yeah, I mean... That'll wrap it up for obscure sports. I do want to get back into football because I want to talk about okay. Baker Mayfield. I do too. Baker is better than Sam Darnold. Am I wrong on that? Like, I know I'm arguing against the Hall of Famer right now and Leroy and arguing against Gary. Baker's better than Sam Darnold. Maybe. Which is the better quarterback uh, for the system? I don't think maybe. I don't, I don't think there's any question that Baker... What have we ever seen out of Sam Darnold that is good? <sighs> Well, yeah. I will say this. Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey is a very interesting duo quarterback running back. When was the last time that we even saw something good out of Sam Darnold? Because I don't even I thought he was kind of overrated in college. Well, he certainly didn't get any favors during his time with the Jets. Now, granted, everybody knows that when you go to the Jets, you're basically sent to die in the NFL. But Yeah, it's just it, I think that Baker Mayfield is head and shoulders above what Sam Darnold can be. I do want to get your guys' thoughts on if you want to hop in and talk about that. Heck, we've talked about Wimbledon. You want to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Soldier Field possibly getting a roof. I think Rami's still having an impact in Chicago. He's even upset he's with Pat Way McAfee. out in the West Coast now. You want to hop in on that. 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. But back to Baker. He- that was an interesting situation because you go from a place in Cleveland where I'm not sure if I would have ever suited up for the Browns ever again if I were Baker Mayfield. You just had the opportunity to have me be your starting quarterback after I've done so much good for your organization. You know, I was I brought a lot of hope back, and now you're going to go trade for a guy in Deshaun who – you know, wh- whether or not he did any of this stuff, the allegations are there, and you know that he's probably going to end up getting suspended, and now you're going to give him a hefty payday, you're going to guarantee it all, and then on top of that, you're going to make it so that it's easier for him to get suspended for a year and barely lose any money, and you expect me, when he gets suspended, to suit back up for this organization. I'm sorry, I just can't do that. And so if I'm Baker, I was never going to suit back up for Cleveland. And then... If you're Cleveland, you got to trade him because you got to get something for him. He's still a number one overall pick that you spent that pick on not that long ago. And so you got to get something for him. And so they get a fifth that can go up to a fourth, depending on playing time, similar to how the Carson Wentz deal went with the Eagles and the Colts. And then the Colts and Commanders now have a similar sort of deal. So. At best, a fourth rounder, and I'd assume he's going to end up being the fourth rounder because I'd assume he's going to go in there and become the starting quarterback, and I'd assume it's a threshold similar to what Wentz's was with 75% of the snaps. So 
I'm going to guess that it goes to a fourth. But even so, a fourth-round pick for Baker Mayfield seems pretty cheap to me. Carolina, I think, needed to bring in some quarterback help because their quarterback room was a little bit crazy with it was going to be Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and Matt Corral. And that doesn't do anything, especially if you're a head coach that is on the brink of losing their job. He was had plenty of people calling for him to lose his job last season, much less going into a season now where you're going to have at least some expectation to be a little bit better. And so you go out and get your guy in Baker Mayfield, who I think is a better quarterback than he showed last season because that injury last year to his shoulder, I think, played a bigger role than people want to give it credit for. But I, I just think that Baker going to Carolina made too much sense for Carolina. Cleveland, I think, I don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you just gave up a guy in Baker not knowing, or maybe they do know. Maybe they know something we don't about that situation. Well, but what's the what, worst? What's the worst case scenario for Deshaun Watson? Or probably I, out a year. Is there a chance that he never plays football again? I don't see that. Mm, I don't think so. I either. think at most it's a season. So for them, either way, what you just forfeit one season. They can forfeit a season for the upgrade that you get in Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield. That's what they're doing essentially. Because here's what's going to happen. Unfortunately, for the victims and uh, supposed victims, the allegations against Deshaun Watson, he's going to go out there for the Cleveland Browns, assuming that he can get back to a level that he was with the Texans, and they're going to win football games, and we're just going to completely move on from this like it never happened. That's what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. You know, I don't know how I feel about that. You can't. As someone that is a or has family members that are fans of the Cleveland Browns, I know they don't like it. Could you? I, I can only imagine if you're a parent and your kid is a Cleveland Browns fan, and especially if it's a girl and trying to explain to them why you couldn't ever consider getting them Deshaun Watson stuff. I mean that that stuff is ridiculous. But either way, what's going to happen is he's probably going to be a better quarterback than Baker ever was. If we're just going off of talent and football ability. There's no question you'd rather have Deshaun Watson than Baker Mayfield. But now you have so much uncertainty in Cleveland. Jacoby Brissett, I'd assume, is going to be your guy. But you get something for Baker, which I guess is a sort of positive. And in Baker's situation, you get out of Cleveland, which I, I, Baker never got a real chance there, in my opinion. Like, he had the chance to be good, but... He worked really hard last year to stay on the field when he was injured, and in turn, I think that he hurt a lot of people's opinion of him when in reality he probably shouldn't have been on the field. I don't know. I just I think this is a good deal for Carolina. I think they clearly win this thing because I think this improves Carolina by a couple games. I just, with Sam Darnold starting at your quarterback position, I don't think you can expect to be a whole lot better than what you were this season. And so they're going to only win, what, five or six games? With Baker, if you can keep Christian McCaffrey healthy, I think that's an interesting team to watch in that division that maybe could compete for it. I don't think they're going to win that division because you still got Tampa Bay, but they could possibly be a wild card team with Baker. I mean, I think Baker gets this bad rap, but Baker's a solid NFL quarterback. If Mitch Trubisky 
got another chance as a quarterback. I'd still take Baker Mayfield over Mitch Trubisky. There's plenty of guys better than him, but I'd take Baker over Jimmy Garoppolo. Those sort of situations. So I still think that Baker's a solid NFL quarterback. As for Darnold, do you think this maybe begins the trend of his career where he kind of takes on a Ryan Fitzpatrick role and starts journeymanning across the league? Yeah, I do. I don't know if he ever gets a true chance to start again. I don't know where he would get that chance. You know, when you look at Sam Darnold and his career path, he played in New York, now he goes to Carolina, and he's eh, iffy at best when he did play. He was okay. I could see him going around from team to team if they need a backup quarterback and maybe, or if they're having like a quarterback competition, like you said, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just don't ever see him being a real NFL starting quarterback. And so I don't really see the point in trying to trade for a guy like Sam Darnold or, you know, signing him unless he's just going to be your true number two quarterback as a backup. But. I think he's still got a career as an NFL quarterback just as a backup. But I don't know. It's just a it's a wild situation that the Browns kind of put themselves in by trading for Deshaun Watson. Now you essentially move a quarterback that you spent the first overall pick on that actually played. It you know, wasn't like a first overall pick that was a total bust. Like he played quarterback for you. He took you to the playoffs. He wasn't a total bust, but in turn all you get back is at best, a fourth-rounder, a fourth or fifth, you know, conditional fifth. It just seems like a wild situation that I'm sure the Browns understood all the risks that they were going to bring on when they traded for Deshaun Watson, but I don't know if it's worth it, in my opinion. I don't know if all this craziness that's going on would have warranted trading for Deshaun Watson, in my opinion. 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Do you want to get into... Some discussion about modern NFL stadiums, modern stadiums, I guess, in general. Because Soldier Field is saying that the city of Chicago was considering putting a roof on it because they want to try and keep them at Soldier Field as opposed to moving to Arlington Heights. We'll dive into that next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Adam Roberts here on 1250 AM, the fan. 12.50 a.m., the fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts. I want to talk about this. Earlier this morning, Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio tweeted out an article talking about the Chicago Bears and the city of Chicago considering putting a dome over Soldier Field to try and keep the Bears from going to Arlington Heights. I don't like it. I don't like dome stadiums all that much. You know, if you're going to do it in certain ways, that's fine. You know, SoFi Stadium, the new stadium in L.A. is cool. Uh, Obviously, Miller Park, American Family Field. It's got a dome that you can kind of retract. That's cool. You know, there's different situations that I think it's fine. But in general, all the new stadiums, it seems like, are going to be domed stadiums or have a roof of some sort. And I'm just not a fan of it. I enjoy natural grass. I enjoy being able to be out in the sunshine. And I I just don't like the idea that every single stadium, at least for football, is going to be in that sort of capacity. I enjoy being able to go to a yard or, you know, a ballpark or a stadium and be 
outside. And I just don't know if that's going to be the case going forward. And now Chicago, with an existing stadium, the Soldier Field, is considering putting a dome over it. And I guess I get it in this circumstance because you're trying to keep them there. But again, still not a huge fan. Yeah, so I've wrestled with this a little bit. And it's really interesting when you look at different sports, different situations, and how each sport is played. Now, we're talking football. Toby, you grew up in the uh, Washington area. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Mid-Atlantic is known for having quite the variety of weather at different times of the year. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, do you associate Washington football with pristine, crystal clear conditions Or when you think of Washington football, do you think of muddy battles, rainy days? Oh, muddy, rainy, yeah. Sometimes empty stadiums. (laughs) Yeah, sewage falling on fans. Yeah, all that stuff. Exactly. When I think of Lambeau, and I think when most people who listen to our station think of Lambeau, again, they don't think of a beautiful, pristine field with perfectly trimmed grass and everything being exactly the way it was designed in a video game. Mm Mm-hmm. Football was first brought to this country over 100 years ago, being tweaked around with the rules of rugby. It was meant to be played in gritty, grimy conditions. Now, if a tornado comes barreling through, yes, we're going to stop play. If there's lightning flashing all over the place, yes, we're going to stop the game. It always, it's kind of feeling like a lot of these stadium designs are meant because, oh, we want to get these higher-paying tickets filled with the people who are going to pay them who don't want to sit around in rain and snow and wind. Here's the reason why a lot of places are doing this is yes, they do want that. But the other reason that they do these sort of things is I want to be able to use this facility year round. I want to be able to have concerts in here when it's raining. I want to be able to do all these different things because I'm not ultimately out here just building a football stadium I'm using public money. I'm trying to build something that's going to be useful for more than, especially in a football stadium, if you're building it just for a football team, i got to have it be more useful than just nine to ten times a year when you factor in eight home games and then two or three playoff ga- or a playoff game or a preseason game, whatever the case may be. At most, you're going to use that thing, what, 12 times for football? So you're thinking, i got to use it for more than just football. So I do understand it from that aspect, but at the same point, I like what you're saying. This is Football's meant to be played outside in conditions that maybe aren't always the most favorable. You know, you we always love watching a game at Lambeau in the snow, or you love watching a game where it's rainy and the field conditions aren't always the best. I love that kind of stuff. And, and furthermore, we look at Lambeau and the Titletown District. You're talking about these owners and these people who are designing stadiums want year-round facilities. You can have your cake and eat it, too. You can have year-round facilities at your stadium while the stadium itself isn't necessarily built that way. Now, I get it. It's a lot of people that you can fit in there for different giant events. And I understand that. But if they're going to solely do this for the purposes of year-round feasibility of our complex... You can already do that even in cold weather climates, not to mention at the cost that it's going to probably run you. Just looking at these numbers alone for Chicago, uh, this comes to us from Crane's Chicago Business's report. They're estimating it's going to be between, this is such a wide estimate, $400 million to $1.5 billion Mm -hmm. requiring taxpayer contributions. 
Like the closest comparison is SoFi, which cost over $5 billion to build. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and SoFi Stadium is interesting. I actually don't have a problem with theirs as much because theirs is interesting in that it's not technically a roof. That is very bizarre. And now they did that, I think, by design because you figure Los Angeles there aren't going to be a whole lot of times you have to worry about a snowstorm barreling through downtown No, and LA. I think that's kind of cool. that you, It's a canopy, so you know there's no real way to regulate temperature. Whatever it is outside, it's going to be in the stadium. It's a canopy, so when there's weather outside, you're covered up, but at the same point, you still get some of the breeze and everything from outside. So I kind of like how SoFi is done, but at the same point... I can't have a situation like you did on Monday Night Football where there's a thunderstorm outside and they have to delay the game because your canopy isn't technically a roof. So there's interesting things with all of this, but I don't like that everything is going to be built just for the multi-purpose things. I think almost you're thinking more so about everything else other than the football aspect. Like if you're going to, you know try and make this a concert venue more so than a football stadium. Well, then build a concert venue. Don't build me a football stadium. And specifically looking at this Chicago design and what I'm looking right now at a picture of Soldier Field, which there have been so many varied debates about a lot of different things in sports. I think most people can probably agree they botched that renovation in 2002 of Soldier Field. It was a beautiful facility, a historic facility, and they completely butchered it with their, as they call it, the spaceship in the dome or spaceship in the bowl kind of situation. Now you want to put a roof on top of that. It reminds me of like, you know, when you're a kid and you build with Legos and sometimes as a kid, you have a thing you build with a Lego and then you put another thing on top of that. It doesn't match, mm -hmm. but you just want to stack things and then you put another thing on top of that. That's kind of what I'm envisioning with this. They're just stacking on top of top on top, and none of it will look aesthetically pleasing at all if that's something you care about. Yeah, I mean, you want your stadium to be beautiful. You want it to fit into the landscape to an extent, and I think that's one thing that Lambo has done a fantastic job of is you get the new stuff with the atrium and all those new things that they've put at Lambo, but you also get the classic feel of Lambo still. You know, it doesn't take away from the experience. It adds to it. And especially whenever you watch a game, all of these TV crews do usually a pretty good job of having their cameras, whether it's before the game or a live shot during, always going around that neighborhood where all of the homes are still single-story ranches mm -hmm. for the most part. And there is a little bit of the mythos added to Lambo when you have those shots of, you know, Bob and... Marie, who have their single-bedroom ranch with a fence around it where they're just grilling, and then in the background, there's just the giant monolith of Lambeau Field right in your backyard across the street. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, if you were to ask someone, would you like to be able to use Lambeau more than just a couple times a season when the Packers play at home? Yeah, absolutely. You'd love they're to having be a able soccer to... match there this summer. You'd love to be able to use it all the time. When you're thinking about building a new facility, yeah, you'd love to be able to use it 20, 30, 40 times a season or or a year for different concerts and stuff. But what's the primary reason you're building this facility? Is it to hold concerts? Okay, then just build it somewhere else and don't have it be my football stadium. 
if I'm building something for my football team in the city, then make it a football stadium. Don't make it a concert venue only. Don't cater just to them. And I think in general that the stadiums that you have now are good. But I don't like that some of the ways that they're planning on doing all this, and this can go into the discussion too, are going to be turf fields in a dome. Turf fields, I do not like. I don't know that a majority of professional athletes are huge fans of turf fields either, because you've seen all the various injuries you can have on a turf field as opposed to a grass field. And whether those would happen on grass or not, that's not my <laughs> expertise. I'm not a scientist or a health expert. I, I'm not going to know all the differences. But you've seen how many times a guy's knee gets caught in the turf, and then next thing you know, he's got a torn ACL, or he sprains his ankle, or whatever the case may be. All these different things, the torn ACLs especially on turf, I just am not a fan of that. And if we're going to start building all these new stadiums with domes, inevitably you're going to have to put turf in. I applaud Arizona and Vegas for both building stadiums that are technically domes, but you can roll the stadium out and you or not the stadium, you can roll the grass that would be out. Something. <laughs> you can roll the grass out and so they play on real grass still. Like I applaud that. I think that's great. I still think though that if you're going to be building all these stadiums unless you're in a climate where you absolutely need a dome, I I like playing out in the natural conditions. And I to, think a majority of people would think the same thing too. And to add on top of your thought about, you know, people will say when it comes to fields with turf, well, it's easier to maintain than if you have an all grass field. Tell that to the guy in the Big Ten championship game all those years ago, Wisconsin, <laughs> Ohio State, yeah. who had to shuffle or shovel in those rubber bits because someone tore out part of the ground and it was just a wide open hole in the middle of the end zone. Yeah, that is some ridiculous stuff. It, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not, but I think that's the direction we're headed. Probably. And speaking of dome stadiums, I do want to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. We'll do that next year on Sparky's Midday Madness on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. 12:50 a.m. The Fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts, live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Brewers, 0-0 in the bottom of the fifth inning. Tell you what, when I first saw the lineup today, the first thing that stood out was, without a doubt, that Keston Hira was playing left field, and you had Christian Yelich DHing. So you're like, why in the world is Keston in left field? But he just made an incredible catch in the last inning. Absolutely spectacular. Flying into the wall in left field. you have the highlight for us, Adam? I Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And it comes to us from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. And he leans out on that one. That's trouble. That is way back. And Hero makes the catch. Oh, what a play. Keston Hira never broke stride. His second start of the season in left field, and he comes up with a gem. Yeah, and face-planted right into the out-of-town scoreboard in the fence over there. So incredible effort from Keston. we got to be careful with our outfielders running into these walls. You yeah. don't need no Jonathan Davis situations. <laughs> no. Now he's back, so that's good. You but... don't need any more of that. But I, I do want to talk about this Brewers team, all right? So... We're looking at the trade deadline coming up and who are they going to acquire and all the different things coming up with that because the Brewers need some help on offense. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. I don't think if you bring that up, even to the biggest Brewers offensive apologist, they're not going to argue with you. Everyone understands that they need to add some offense. But the interesting part to this is in the minors, you know, you, you have these different prospects that we talk about all the time, right? We've talked about Sal Freelich a lot. We've talked about Garrett Mitchell a lot. We've talked about Joey Weimer a lot. Ethan Small. You can go through it all. But none of those guys are the Brewers' top prospect, according to MLB.com, anymore. Jackson Churio, an 18-year-old in Carolina, has moved all the way up into the 30s of Major League Baseball's top 100 prospects list. And the reason is, is because he's playing incredibly well in Carolina. This season in Carolina, let me read you some of his stats. 316 batting average, 574 slugging percentage, a 942 OPS. He has 17 doubles, 9 homers, 38 RBIs, 8 stolen bases. He's been absolutely incredible 
as an outfielder for Carolina in A-ball. Now, obviously that's something that isn't going to affect this team right away. He's not coming up anytime soon. Matter of fact, MLB.com, their their prospect list has him at ETA of 2025. So probably not coming up anytime soon. But what that does give you, if you want to move a guy like Garrett Mitchell, if that's someone someone wants at the trade deadline, go for it. Joey Weimer, I think you'd have to consider him as well. Sal Freelich, him as well. Those three, Weimer, Freelich, and Churio, are each in the top 100. So if you have to spend a top 100 prospect to go get someone at the deadline, I think you kind of have to do it. Same thing with Bryce Terang. I think these guys have to be considered when looking through what you can acquire at the deadline. You know, Sam and I have talked about this plenty. It's been talked about plenty on this station. This is a win-now window for the Brewers. This is your time to try and win a World Series. This isn't the time for you to sit there and hold on to your prospects. This is the time where you consider moving a prospect to try to bring someone in that can help you win right now. But with the way things have changed up now, where Jackson Churio's at the top, and he's someone that I'm sure league-wide is regarded as a top prospect. I don't know that he's going to be available, but I think it frees you up to move one of these outfielders to try to bring someone in. When you look at the Brewers right now, their top four prospects are all outfielders. And honestly, as it stands right now, they don't necessarily have four spots for them to come up to. Christian Yelich is going to be on this team for a while. Whether you like it or not, Christian Yelich is going to be here for a while. You know, there's an opening in center field with Tyrone Taylor and Jonathan Davis, but I don't think any of those guys are ready to come up right now. So maybe there's one. Hunter Renfro is going to be here for a few years. So there's your right fielder. So you've got only really got one or two spots available in that outfield, and you've got four outfielders that are solid players that will probably come up in the next couple of seasons. I think this is the time to go ahead and strike while the iron is hot and move one of these guys, bring someone in. Try to bring in a bat that can help you out. You know, John Heyman was on earlier today talking with the guys from the big show, and he mentioned a guy like Josh Bell. He's an interesting one because he's not a five-tool guy, like he said, but he does give you a solid bat, and his batting average is up above 300, which there's not a whole lot of those guys this season. But he's going to be available. Would you consider moving someone to bring him in? You know, we talked about this this morning, Bart and I did, on the morning show. Sustained success is only fun for so long. After a while, sustained success gets a little old because getting to the dance isn't fun anymore. Just being there isn't fun anymore. Sometimes you want to dance. Sometimes you want to dance. Sometimes you want to do a little bit more than dance. And right now, all the brewers are doing is getting the invite to the dance, and they're not doing a whole lot more than that. They need to go in and try to get a little bit more out of a playoff run than simply extending their consecutive playoff appearances streak. That's not what this is about. This pitching staff is too good for you to look at this era of Brewers baseball and say, well, you know, they made the playoffs quite a bit, but they didn't really win anything. No, no, this is a time for you to say, this pitching staff 
is an all-time unit. This is one of the best units we've ever had in the franchise's history. Let's not waste it. If that requires Mark Adonazio opening the checkbook a little bit more, I think that's something that he'd have to consider. I don't know that that's ever going to happen, but I think that's something he'd at least have to consider. And maybe he did that. I wonder if they asked him that question when he was on the Bally Sports broadcast a little bit maybe. ago. Maybe. It me... was so quick because the outs came so fast. I didn't have a time to see what they were saying to him or even catch anything. Toby, real quick, I had to go over those stats again for Churio, what he's doing in Carolina. You said he's batting 316, correct? Yeah. 316. Uh, that is so bizarre to me. It feels like that any time you mention someone in the Brewers organization is hitting above 300, you have to double-check and make sure that actor from Star Trek, uh, Jonathan Frax, isn't about to tell you, nope, we made it up. It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Not this time. No. Not this time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anytime you say that anyone's batting anything over 240, it's ridiculous. And Keston Hero just ran into one in the bottom of the fifth. What a day for him and left. And hit one up into that Miller light landing. up. That's a shot, man. He crushed that ball. So, crew up one to nothing here in the bottom of the fifth. Make sure to keep it here after the game and hear Tim Allen, of course, break down hopefully a Brewers victory. That'll be awesome. But Keston, man, I don't know what to think about Keston this season for the Brewers because I want him to be someone that can contribute consistently and be really good. And he has those portions of the season where you'll see him go on a little stretch for maybe a week or so. Where you're like, oh, yeah, that's Keston Hero we know. That's the Keston Hero we've been waiting on. And then he goes right back to the same Keston Hero that we've seen a majority of time in the big leagues, which is a below-average player. I'll gladly ride this high today. And you mentioned it this morning. His bat so far, at least these last few weeks, has been just fine. Hits one today. And now he's got that catch in left. I did, I will admit, though, I was a little puzzled when I saw the lineup. Like we all were, I'm sure. He's making us feel bad about thinking that right now, at least. He's a he's a baseball player. He, he's gonna have his opportunity. He he's gonna have his times where he comes through and makes plays, and whatever the case may be. But a majority of the time with Keston Hira, especially in the outfield, I'm not gonna feel good. I'm not gonna feel good with him in the infield. To be honest with you, I'm never gonna feel great about Keston Hira anywhere at, except at the plate. He could leave his glove at home for all I care if he were a baseball player on my team. I were managing, but. I'm not a manager. You, you kind of got to make yourself useful at some point, and he's done that today in left field by making an incredible catch against the wall, hitting a home run. Those are the types of things that you need to see more out of, though. You need to see more of him doing those sort of things. I don't know if he consistently is going to be playing in the outfield. I think Craig, to an extent, is kind of experimenting. You know, we talked with about this this morning with basketball at times. In series, you say, all right, what's the a way that you can mo play around with these guys? Maybe it's a playoff series, and you say, let's experiment a little bit with it. Well, when you do this with the Brewers in a 162-game season, you're going to experiment with different things, and Keston Hira and left field is clearly an experiment. That's something that's not going to stick long-term. But maybe that's something that he can work on and add some value to his game by having some positional flexibility to play in the outfield as well. Because we all know you do not want him at second base if you don't have to. He is such a liability defensively there. I do not like watching him play 
defensively at second base. Maybe he could be a better outfielder. Who knows? But back to looking across the diamond, if you're looking at players that you're happy with at this point, I think there's only a few. You know, you look at Rowdy Telez, I'm happy with what he's given me. Hunter Renfro, I'm pretty content with what he's given me. Christian Yelich right now at the top of the lineup, would you ex- would you like to see more? Absolutely. But are you content with what he's given you at this point? Yeah, I think you kind of have to be because it's a, it's more than just about everybody else in this lineup. Colton Wong, is he going to step up? I'd like to see him start playing good baseball because that could make a huge difference for this team. If you have Christian Yelich playing well in the leadoff spot and then you have Colton Wong playing well, well, that's two leadoff guys that you can use in different ways. Christian Yelich would stay in that leadoff spot. Where are you going to put Colton Wong? Maybe he can be a a run producer, whatever the case may be. But it'd be nice to have him back, especially defensively, because he's a gold glover and he is not playing like it right now. Then you have Willie Adamas. He's had some big spots this season where he's been exciting to watch, and it's typical Willie in a lot of ways with his excitement. But at the same time, you look at his overall production, and it is not nearly what you'd expect out of Willie Adamas, especially what you saw from him last season. So you need to get some more out of Willie, and he's got a lot of room to improve, and he's going to have to improve by quite a bit. Because honestly, Tim Allen brought it up last year, and Bart and I called him crazy, but maybe he's right. Look at what Tampa got in return for Willie Adamas, and they are not regretting it in the slightest. Drew Rasmussen could turn out to be a very good starting pitcher in this league. J.P. Fireisen, when he's been healthy this season, has been lights out as a reliever. So I don't think they regret giving the Brewers Willie Adamas at all. Is Willie a great clubhouse guy? Absolutely, but he's going to have to start producing a little bit more on the field. And then you look over at third base. This is why the baseball season is so interesting. You take your eyes away from something for a week or two, and things can totally have changed. You know, if you would have said after the second week of him coming back off the IL, Luis Urias was one of the best hitters, you'd be right. But now, if you look at it, he's been good over the last week or so, but again, over his entire season, pretty underwhelming numbers. This Brewers team overall, the hitting staff has been pretty underwhelming. And I think that's why this Brewers team can be in a bit of an enigma. You can look at it two different ways. You can look at it if you're going to be an eternal optimist and say, you know what, Brewers haven't even played their best baseball yet. They haven't even turned it on and played their best baseball yet. They're going to continue to get better, and I have all all the faith in the world with them. Or you can look at it on the other side and say, gosh, this Brewers team has all the pieces they need, and they are sitting where they're at right now, and they are not good enough. And maybe the true place to sit is somewhere in the middle because there have been injuries, but there also have been guys that have not played up to par. You know, So there's different ways that you can look at it. But this Brewers team should be competing for a World Series. You know, The way that they were constructed, when you look at them on paper, they've got the pitching. Corbin Burns is pitching incredibly well. He's doing it again today against the Cubs. He's going to be right there in the Cy Young conversation again. Brandon Woodruff, hopefully now that he's back from the IL, is going to be pitching as well as ever and be the Brandon Woodruff that you've known for multiple seasons now. Hopefully Freddie can get back on the mound before the end of the year and get some work in before the playoffs. Eric Lauer, he's kind of come back down to earth, but hopefully he can kind of find something. This team is good. 
I just don't know that they're playing to their potential, and that's probably the most frustrating thing for a lot of Brewers fans is we understand that this team is good on paper, but at some point you have to execute on the field, and I don't know that this Brewers team has fully lived up to its potential. And that gives me hope that they can be a lot better going forward this season, especially after the All-Star break and kind of turn it on. Hopefully they can build a big enough lead that you feel comfortable going into the postseason against St. Louis. But I think this might be a dogfight. I thought that this would be something that we wouldn't have to worry about. I thought for sure that the Brewers would have this division kind of in hand most of the year. And I don't know that that's going to be the case anymore. I think part of that's overrating the Brewers just a tiny bit and underrating the Cardinals. But either way, I still believe in this Brewers team, and I think they're going to be able to be right there, and hopefully they can finally make that run. And I trust David Stearns when it comes to that trade deadline. He's going to make the right move to go get someone that can really help this team try and win a World Series this season. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts at Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. We'll wrap it up coming up next. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan. I'm Toby Altizer alongside Adam Roberts here in the Lakeland University studios. And joining us now, going to be hosting the afternoon show. Coming up after this, Stephanie Sutton from Channel 12 News. Stephanie, how you doing today? Hey, good. So I just got my headsets on. I was All like, good. I was looking at the Twitter feed, and then I'm looking at the Brewers game. How'd the show go yesterday for you? Enjoy working you know, here? Except for that AR guy. It was really good. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun hosting I'm with the guy kidding. around here. I no, adore you are. No, I'm not doing Adam. this. Remember what I said at the end of the show? <laughs> yeah. I am a big, strong man. You are? And how'd that go last night? Was that good? Well, you, went to the, you went to the game, didn't you? I was going to. And then when I left the studio, it was pouring rain, and I I didn't want to walk in the rain. Wait, seriously? Wait, I did not want to walk in the rain. Wait, were you going to the game as a fan, or were you working the game? Only as a fan. So there is a roof, right? I'm I'm really confused right now. What's that? You didn't want to walk through all the parking lots and all the craziness. So I wasn't going to park in the. I know this is old school, but an umbrella works, and and my umbrella's at home, so I'd have to drive to River West. Then drive over to the parking area by Kelly's where there's free parking. No, no, Then no. walk down. Okay. Again, I don't know what you get paid here at the radio station, but you just go to the gas station, Sitco or whatever, BP, and or whatever. What's your sponsor for gas stations here? And you get a $10 umbrella, right? $10 in this economy? <laughs> okay. At that rate, for free, I can take my hands and put it over my head oh my and only get 30% wet. You got to love it. Gotta love it. What do you got coming up on the show today? What do we have? We have Jim Ozarski coming up. I'm so excited for the Bucks. We're going to talk Bucks today. Bobby Portis. Remember, today is the day he officially resigned. The team announced that July 6th, today's the date. Um, Javon Cart, is he coming back? Did I see that right? Mm-hmm. I was looking at everything. So I'm excited to talk to Jim. Um, I'm excited. But AR, you're not my producer today, are you? I am not. Who's my producer today? That would be the Canadian Uh native himself. Oh, wait. I was going to ask. That's why I was asking. What is his nickname? Uh, Tim Shea. Stadium Shea is what Tim Allen calls him. But I think it's better Shea Shea. Stadium, right? Yeah, it is Shea Stadium. Yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of whatever you want to call it. So you're a New York Mets fan? I'm not. No. No, he's a Blue Jays fan. (laughs) He's a loyal Blue Jays fan. I'm a Brewer fan. (laughs) He I'm works like, for the team. I'm like, you're a Blue Jays fan. 
You, you frequent there, Toronto? There, there's a story behind have that. Have you been to Drake's house, too? I have not. Okay. It's just me. I have not. I have not. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, so um, Shea Stadium and I, wait, who else is coming up here? Yeah, no, we got. We don't know because the game might be over and then it, we're done, right? Could, yeah. And Tim Allen. Tim Allen will join us. Tim we, Allen coming up at the end of the game. Oh, draft Brewers. mockery. Sorry, that's coming up. Again, yesterday, as we're playing this, I'm like, wait, what are we doing? And then, I believe you won yesterday. I think I did win. You did. You are. It's not officially over yet. We have about another hour to vote at 12:50 a.m. The fan. And what's the percentage? Uh, let's take. But come a on, look. I did ask to go ladies first, and I will say I am terrible at that game. I've hosted. I hosted that show for Rami about. I don't know. You don't 20, 20 times before I won one. Oh, wow. I think I've only won once. Yeah, as uh, the stand at last check in the standings, yeah, you've only had one victory. And right now, Stephanie, you are wide and away first place with 61.5% of the vote in our draft mockery of best lawn games. Well, getting bags number one overall is clearly a winner. Yeah. That's the best way to go. So do I do I say already what who our thing is today or do we tease yeah, ahead? You, to yeah, you can okay, do that. so later today our draft mockery is our favorite sports teams we love to root against. Ooh. In honor of the Cubs being in, in honor time. of the Cubs yep. being here. So Cubs would be an obvious first answer. Yeah. That'll be a fun one. That'll be a fun yep. one. Who's joining you for that? Uh we don't is... know yet. No, no, I, I think I know yet. who it's supposed I, to be. Yeah. We're, we're thinking of a caller, and Notebook Mike really wants to join. I'm a little hesitant on that. <laughs> oh, why? What He's is he... played twice already this year. <laughs> is he any good? Um, he did win. I think okay. he won twice. He probably is going to be good at it. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. So well, you, we... need, you need like a three-man weave or person weave for that. You can't just have right. you, and, you and I. Right, right. You know, Shea Stadium and Steph Sutton. That doesn't work. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t